Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time for your Talk Time Live exclusive. You are now about to witness the strength of geek knowledge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special episode of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and in this episode entitled The Fall, we're going to look back at Marvel's Avengers and talk about why this game failed, what we need to be aware of, how we should approach games like this in the future, and ask the question, is life service games worth your money? So we're going to talk about everything in detail from the positives, the negatives, and the overall aspects of this game since day one, and really hopefully learn from this experience. has experienced a significant path one that may expose the gaming industry in a way that they didn't want to lately the talk of live service games has risen with fans starting to question if it's worth playing through and investing their time in just one game life service games are designed to have fans play them long past their lifespan as game developers continue to support the game with dlc I mean, I'm talking about games like Fortnite, Genshin Impact, Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2, which, by the way, released in 2016, a year before the Nintendo Switch was even released. And they continue to provide content despite fans hoping for a follow-up to them, especially me, because I've been wanting to get my hands on a Xenoverse 3 like forever, and they still have not done it yet. We've gotten every other game prior around that factor. We got Dragon Ball Fighters. we are getting... Uh, another Dragon Ball fighting game coming out. We had uh, Kakarot come out. No Xenoverse 3. It's just crazy that they're still coming out with content for that game. And while some have embraced these types of games blindly, I might add, others have taken the red pill and realized the marketing strategy behind it. They actually opt out of investing in these products. So when discussing the Avengers game on social media, I find that there are like three types of people with different perspectives here. One, those who played the game day one in 2020 like myself two those who played the game a year or two later when it was further stabilized three 
those who may have been too embarrassed to admit that they made a bad decision buying a game with dozens of bugs and glitches after paying their hard-earned money, especially in 2020, they will ignore or even deny the realities of the game's faults in some form of confirmation bias. Okay, so what I want to do right now, I want to focus on the positives of this game because first and foremost, this is not an episode about trash in a game, especially a game that people actually enjoy. Truth be told, I enjoy this game more than I ever did before. The irony of this is that it took them over two to three years for post-launch to get this game to be stable, playable, and balanced. And it took us three years, those who played it day one, to actually enjoy this game the way it was intended. Since they installed the patch 2.8, which is their final patch update, the game has a significant feel to the latest game experience. And I'm not joking. When I played this game just recently, uh, I just played this game, the main story campaign, the minute that they uploaded the new patch. And I have to say, you could tell the difference in a lot of things in here. There's some significant differences here. They removed the marketplace section as they released the majority of cosmetic items for the players to enjoy, with the exception of some of the skins and cosmetics that you have to earn throughout the some of the campaigns so they left that they left something for you to reach for but like honestly with all of the skins and and cosmetic items that you have you don't even care because most of them are just repetitive you know skins which is one of the problems that we're going to talk about in this deal but this was a great gesture for them or maybe a silent apology or you know saying sorry without saying sorry <laughs> to fans that stuck with them throughout this entire journey um I noticed also that a lot of the side missions you take in the uh, story mode have also been removed from the story campaign and now located in other modes as well. Um, I recently just played the game like like the minute that the update happened, 2.8 came, I decided to play the story mode again. And man, I ran through that. I went through the story campaign faster than I ever did before. You know, for the first time playing through that game, it felt like a normal, balanced and fun single player experience without having the dark cloud of microtransactions, stiff difficulty levels or the need to, to be online hindering the enjoyment of the game. It just felt like like if you played Guardians of the Galaxy or any just game that doesn't require online service, it felt like that. It felt that much enjoyable. The lingering of microtransactions just was gone. It felt like a, a dark cloud was lifted. A, a, a negative weight has been lifted from your shoulders playing this game. And I actually enjoyed it much, much more than I ever did before. But the fact that I actually beat the game in less than like two days, like it's crazy. It was it was just amazing. The game felt as, just as fun to me as, as it was for me playing Bayonetta 3 or, or uh, Devil May Cry 5. You know, it was, it was that I felt like it was that much fun. Uh, now that everything is to your in your possession or whatnot, the flow of the game has changed considerably as if they nerfed down everything remarkably. Um, it literally took me less than, way less than, probably even less than a day, like within a day's, you know, hours. I think less than 24 hours before I actually beat the game. And I, without going through all the extra stages and everything, it was just a clean breeze through and I enjoyed the process and I felt like I, I can play this again and really enjoy it the way I felt like it was intended. You know, to Crystal Dynamics credit, this game 
much like Cyberpunk 2020, that CD Projekt Red had to do a lot of damage control themselves back then, they came a long way from the original launch. You know, I will say this, like this game, we, you've probably, people have probably heard a lot of slack about this game and rightfully so, but I will, I am happy to say that this version, this stage of Marvel Avengers is a very sp like fun and playable game right now. It's just unfortunate now it's too little too late but we can't ignore the fact that this game put gamers through a lot of grief and regret especially during the very dark period like 2020 where we were hit with a deadly pandemic killing millions and the plight many faced in the black community with the deaths of george floyd brianna taylor Ahmaud aubrey you know hanging over our heads as well as the continue like a continuing divide in our country safe to say that like when you're going through dark times some people like myself look to video games to find an, an escape and a great game can do just that that great game was not marvel's avengers at the time beginning of what happened with this game and how they brought it to light and we're gonna just look you know looking back and I'm, here's the thing we live in a short attention society those who have listened to the show have heard me talk about that before and it you can't prove me wrong we live in a short attention society we live in a society where people don't do their due diligence they don't you know they talk with less merit these days um they give opinions on subjects like they you will see people on social media give an opinion on a headline of an article instead of clicking on the article reading the full article and then giving your judgment and opinion to it but they give their opinion on the article not really reading the full art you know on the article they just go to the headlines and not the article without even understanding what the hell is really going on so it, it you know and that's our society today unfortunately so let us be patient slow it down thoroughly look into the, everything that's happened and then let's learn from it which we really should be doing in society today and hopefully we will again someday looking back in january of 2017 marvel avengers and square enix released a teaser trailer uh of the coming of a coming new marvel project in the works for all consoles or for major consoles i should say we would soon learn that the new avengers game will be developed by crystal dynamics most known for their works in tomb raider which is which has been very successful in the past so with that in mind you know if you're a fan of tomb raider you gotta be like you gotta be really excited about the fact that these guys are about to do a avengers game because the Truth be told, the Tomb Raider games were awesome. And Tomb Raider is a game that, I, you know, I played since the very beginning, you know, at the PlayStation era. And to see them do the remake and everything, I, you know, respectfully, I played that game again and I, it was awesome. It was awesome at the time. Um, but 
the game will be arriving on most platforms with the exception of Nintendo who previously released the widely successful Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order which came out on the Switch in 2019 to much acclaim okay and it was hard to see like they were coming out with that game and see how you know Marvel Avengers was going to do theirs um safe to say that even still to this day from start to finish Marvel's Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is still the better game it was solid it was stable it had a lot of great characters in there uh tons of and the stories were great as well taking take note the story of marvel's avengers is also awesome too and in fact i would dare say the story campaign is the best part of marvel's avengers bar none like it was like if you just focus if the game was just focused on the story campaigns alone this game would have been much better acclaimed than it would have been but they were doing too much and that's the reality of it but i digress this was you know during 2017 this was like the height of the mcu's popularity which gave us movies like spider-man homecoming thor ragnarok and guardians of the galaxy with those successful films back then and the announcement of a avengers game coming out we were chomping at the bits because i mean the marvel marvel studios is still kicking it but man that back then this was all before endgame this was all before you know uh infinity wars came out so we were just getting up to the to the end point of the of the uh infinity saga here you couldn't have been more hot it was white hot if you will if as they say we would also learn that the cast voicing our favorite heroes would be some of the best in video game and animation including sandra Saad as kamala khan which arguably everybody says did a hell of a great job in the story campaign here uh nola north one of the best voice actors in the game right now he played uh he played iron man aka tony stark troy baker as bruce banner the the other king <laughs> of voice acting if you will uh laura bailey as black widow jeff willington as thor and i want to take note jeff willington is the only actor to reprise his role of Thor. He also plays an Avengers Assemble and a lot of different Marvel animated series as the character. Oddly enough, he did not play Thor in the in, in the Ultimate Alliance game, whereas his other co his other cast from Avengers Assemble did play their roles in there. It was really interesting <laughs> how they did that. And uh Jeff uh Shine, if I'm saying that right, is Captain America. So they had a whole new cast now remember at the time when the announcements of who was going to be in this game and uh what was going to a lot of fans wanted the mcu like the actual mcu actors chris evans robert Downey jr um you know chris uh chris helmsworth they wanted those guys to reprise the role in this they wanted this to be connected to the mcu and when people found out that it wasn't and then not only that the visuals of the and we'll get to that in a minute the visuals of the models didn't look anywhere near like them. People were a bit upset because they were so engulfed and immersed into the MCU that they wanted to play that same experience in the video game. And technically we did down the line because a lot we got a lot of the skins based on the video game. So when you're playing the game, you're still able to get that type of MCU feel. So, you know, credit to them for that. 
But, you know, it wasn't what exactly we wanted. We wanted Robert Downey Jr., Chris Helmsworth, and Chris Evans, but in Scarlett jo- uh, Hansen and, you know, Mark Ruffalo. But the reality is those guys cost a lot of money. So um, even though Troy Baker and Nolan North aren't cheap either, they're not exactly scale. <laughs> you know, so they, they, did, they did what they did. And I thought that they did really well. The story mode was awesome. And it still is. It's the only reason why I play the game because the story mode was so great and the gameplay has gotten so much better now. Around two years later in 2019, fans got the, their first look at the game at E3 with less than lukewarm reaction. The demo appeared to be unfinished with character models looking very unappealing. Normally fans react to such a project by Square Enix and Marvel with a lot of excitement. This was not the case in this press conference. If you recall, in June of 2020, uh, 2015, Square Enix revealed the announcement of Final Fantasy VII Remake, which blew up social media with an emotional and exciting impact. And if you recall, if you're listening to this and you watch that and you're a fan of Square Enix, you are not going to tell me that you didn't shed a tear at the announcement, at the trailer, which you saw... Uh, you know, Cloud Strife and Barrett walk and you're seeing this and it's like, oh my God, is this really happening? They better not be teasing this. And when they revealed it, people, you could go on YouTube to this day. You could still go on YouTube right now. Look back at Final Fantasy VII's reactions during the reveal of that at E3 and see people crying. Never before has that ever been done. Never before. And this is before the pandemic, man. This was like for real, like people were because we've been waiting for this for a long time. So safe to say that Square Enix makes impacts all the time. But when Marvel Avengers came out and revealed itself in 2019, it was the total polar opposite of that. You know, this was considered one of the most disappointing presentations at an E3 event which also was a part of a of the downfall of E3 because now we started noticing the lack of presentation from E3 and you know Sony and PlayStation wasn't presenting themselves there and it it's you know it's becoming it became what it is now and as you guys know E3 is canceled this year it's been a hard time trying to revitalize this you know deal and I thought what like I said before in our last episode um where I reviewed Tetris the movie I mentioned how I, you know, as a person, I, for those who don't know or listening for the first time, I've actually worked with Repop. Repop is the company who does New York Comic Con, C2E2 and whatnot. I've done, I've worked with them in terms of doing panels for them in the past. And, um, you know, we had, we, we still have a great, you know, partnership or working relationship, you know, from time to time. And I, you know, cover media at you know, New York Comic Con. I've done so for the last two years. Uh, I've also, you know, done panels at, you know, they're here in Philadelphia for Keystone Comic Con. You know, I did their Overwatch panel and a Street Fighter panel back then. Um, for those who may be listening and may not put fingers together in that, but I know for a fact that Repop does a tremendous job at putting together, you know, events. I mean, if you've been to New York Comic Con, you know how they do. Even in a pandemic, they did really well. And, these guys are class acts. So it was very disappointing to hear that they weren't 
going to be able to make this happen this year, but who knows? We'll see. But in 2019, you know, that Marvel Avengers panel did not help one thing. Like the, the reaction from the crowd was like, it was painfully, painfully quiet back then. So Square Enix began to provide closed beta testings for those who pre-ordered the game for multiple platforms, including the Google Stadia, the rest in peace, Google Stadia, another, another thing, another disappointing factor that happened at, uh, at E3. It, you know, is I talk, we talk about Marvel Avengers. We got to talk about Google Stadia and how people were flexing, trying to buy this before even look, seeing what the product can do only for that product to fail and have a lot of just like Marvel Avengers and just like, um, cyberpunk, you know, they rushed this thing out with a lot of problems, issues and everything. And again, that confirmation bias kicked in where people were trying to deny that this game had any issues or pretended like it didn't exist because they purchased and invested in a product that failed and flopped and they didn't want to admit that. So they're going to deny, they're going to deflect all of the issues that this game have because they want to, they don't want to admit that they made a bad decision. And guess what people, at the end of the day, we all make bad decisions every so often. Everybody, nobody's exempt from making bad decisions. It's how we learn from those decisions. You're going to mess up. You're going to make a mistake. Allow yourself to own up, just own up to it. Allow yourself to, you know, be forgiven with, of certain mistakes. As long as you learn from them, it's fine. You know, so due to complications, the game was delayed uh, from its original date of May 15th, 2020 to September 4th. We've seen before when something gets delayed, you know, it may be some issues. This is why when it comes to Square Enix as a developer and a publisher, I have a little bit more faith because what they normally do is that they do not come out with a game. They will take forever to develop a game. Final Fantasy 15, great example. Kingdom Hearts 3. They didn't come out with these games until they were absolutely ready. And even though we were like tired of waiting and waiting for a long time, and mostly because they kept advertising it and kept advertising. I'm like, how about shut up until you actually are ready to go gold with this game? Because I don't want to hear it. It didn't, it's coming and it's like three years later. And Square Enix would advertise and promote Kingdom Hearts 3 every single year at E3, but we would never get a release date. So by the time the release date came out and then we got the game, it was like, all right, whatever. I'm, I'm done with it. But to their credit, the games are never bad. There's never glitches. There's never any bugs. There's never crashes. I've always played a Square Enix Final Fantasy game or a game developed, not published, developed by Square Enix. Never any issues with that game. Full on great experience. Final Fantasy VII came out and it was awesome. In fact, three games, three major games released in 2020. Final Fantasy VII Remake was one of them, April 10th, 2020, digital only at the time, because again, it was the pandemic and because everything was shut down, you weren't able to uh, purchase the game physically. You were only able to get the digital versions. I'm a digital downloader for life. Anyway, so that was like a great on me. So it was a big plus. And trust me, Final Fantasy VII Remake for many was the savior of 2020. I can go on for a lot for life talking about how much that game helped my mental state in 2020, man, from the gameplay, the story, the character development and the actual soundtrack. 
savior. At the same time, or in the same year, I should say, Cyberpunk 2020 came December 10th to the um, December 10th, 2020. Marvel Avengers came out September 4th. Marvel Avengers was the first game to come out that had issues, bugs and glitches and crashes on the first run. You could go online. You could go see those on YouTube clips. You could try to deny it all you want. It was there. I have a few video clips of my experience. I matter of fact, I get gamers PTSD when playing through this game sometimes because I, I remember going through some of the games where it crashed. Like for instance, the very end of, I would remember uh, vividly, the very final stage of the story campaign of Avengers when you're trying to uh, go up the, you know, platforms to get at, to get to um, MODOK. And for a lot of people, when they got up to that platform, incline of the platform the game would crash you would fall seamlessly through the platforms there was no collision detection and stuff like that and then the game will go it would go blitz and you know so there was a lot of that going on people were upset because it, again it's 2020 and people are already quarantined and now they're pissed because they can't even enjoy the game that they've been anticipating for a long time and then cyberpunk 2000, 2077 came out in december and did the exact same thing came out for the um, playstation 4 the playstation 4 version looked like a handheld version of the nintendo switch just scaled up there were a lot of issues with that game some people had it on uh pc they found that they didn't have as many issues um it did not come out in it no it came out for there were issues on the playstation 5 as well but it became a discussion of game companies rushing to bring these games out because their their idea their their plan their strategy was to bring these games out rush these games out and then further fix them as they're going along thinking that fans won't complain about it they won't be upset they'll just they'll give us the money anyway and we'll just it'll just deal with it not this time especially when it involved keanu reeves and wb games at the time they screwed up majorly and this was a game that people were dying to play and people were highly upset now for me i at the time i was not a first person shooter game but the hype of this game was so big that even i was like you know what i'm gonna try this i'm gonna see what i feel about it and if i this may be this may get me into wanting to play first person shooter games it did not at the time it was not the one that did it um i was highly upset much as everybody else with the game and it caused a discussion about these games rushing and coming out and why they were coming out to be rushing a lot of it was said to be because you know shareholders put pressure on these uh game companies to bring these games out to make sure that they make profit and now we know that that's not they they, they now realize that that's not a good idea now with that said to both marvel's avengers and cyberpunk's credit i've said it before they've evolved they fixed a lot of the problems the game is much better um in fact the funny thing is you know i am now into first person shooter games but it's not because of cyberpunk it is more or less because of tokyo uh ghostwire tokyo which is an awesome awesome first person shooter game that brought faith into my fandom for first person shooters i eventually went back to cyberpunk 2020 2077 i should say i keep saying 2020 i keep i went back to 
Cyberpunk uh, 2077 only because of the Netflix anime uh, series that came out and kind of brought back my favorite to it. I went back in in a PS5 version now that it was like 24 bucks because of the debacle and saw that it was like a much more enjoyable experience. Same with Marvel's Avengers, much more enjoyable experience two, three years, two you know, years later. I've, I've realized that, but again, too little too late because by this point, a lot of people have already just fell off it. And now what was left was like a small bubble of people, a inside bubble of people, a, my, a vocal minority or player minority of people that have stuck with this game to the very end. Both Marvel's Avengers and Cyberpunk 2020 was met with some very disappointing results thanks to the dozens of stability issues plaguing the game's experience. Meanwhile, Final Fantasy VII Remake was voted by many as the game of the year. Praise for everything the other two games weren't. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to... ACMG presents... Talk Time Live! talk about the marketing and, and business strategy here now for those before i even get to that point for those who don't know i am a freelance i'm a freelance uh, multimedia developer some might say content creator you could say that if you want but for me i tend to you know scave off of that because the term content creator has been used too loosely and been given that for everybody like content creators for everybody who owns photoshop and just slaps pictures and in text and all this stuff in there doesn't know the understanding of typography or any of that nature people like me who went to school for this craft of graphic design web development uh you know any other forms of art it's not just content creation it's it's really development and then on top of that I have years of experience. I have over 20 years experience as a graphic designer, as a web developer, as a, you know, you working on video and audio. I have clients in both the entertainment world and the small business world. And some of those I've interviewed on this platform. So some of them you can see on talktimelive.com, uh, where some people, some of your favorite, you know, people who have worked in anime and in, in video games or whatnot. I've worked alongside with them in the past, um, but I also work in brand management as well. So I have, I, you know, I have, I, I work alone. I only, this is all I do. I also work with my wife who, you know, we started a business for her and she also, this is all she does now. So we've been doing this for years. So I feel that I do have a leg to stand on in this whole type of situation because I've seen it. I've worked in corporate environments for years over a decade, in fact, and some of the practices that are done in video games is done everywhere. So we're going to talk about the marketing business and strategy here and see why they actually thought that they were going to do it and why what they thought of their target audience as well. So Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics had a lot of ideas going into this game, some that made it into production and some that did not. 
This also come came along as a risk-taking business strategy that gave gamers free characters and campaigns in hopes that they would advocate purchasing the marketplace content, including cosmetic skins, taunts, takedown finishers, banners, and more. Now, there are people that will say, well, you know, this game, I, I, I said, you know, in my promotion of this episode that this game was built by greed. I still stand by that. And you'll have people that will say, well, it's built by greed, but they gave you free characters. <laughs> if you understand the business strategy of things, these things happen for a reason. There's a bigger game. You always have to ask yourself, okay, you give me this, what's in it for you? What's in it for them is that they were hopefully thinking that you were going to buy into all of their skins um, and, and, and extra content here. Some people have foolishly because now we all got it for free. <laughs> okay. It's unfortunate. And we're going to talk about how much those people have paid for that as well. So we're going to get into that discussion too. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics counting on the target audience, you game, you the gamer and fan about being excited about buying the DLC, not realizing the amount of money they would be spending in one game. We've witnessed companies, pra uh, companies practice these strategies before prying on the naivete of their target audience who won't use critical thinking or do the math discovering how much they spend on live service games. And I got to ask the question. I got to ask all of you, would you spend a hundred more than a hundred dollars for a game? Some of us have because they're bundles, they're DLC. Some of them are worth having and getting for your experience. Let me ask you again, would you spend $200 on one game? Think about that for a minute. Now I'll ask again. How about more than $3,000 on one game? Because that's how much you would be paying post launch of this game. All of the skins, the taunts, the takedowns, all of that, every bit of content. It's going to cost you more than $3,000. If you look now at your game, if you play Marvel's Avengers now with the new patch update, you're seeing all of the skins that you get all of the cosmetic skins that you get each one of them were roughly like 499 399 sometimes when it goes on sale you know roughly the marvel cinematic universe skins were a little bit higher than that and they were dozens each one of the characters there are 12 characters in the game there are dozens and dozens upon dozens of different skins in there do the math somebody did an article uh, there was an article on Screen Rant in 2021 that talked about a player who actually did the math. He did his due diligence and calculated how much it would cost to buy everything they provided at the time in 2021, which totaled to more than 3,000. Now, take note, that was 2021. They were still pushing out skins all the way to 2022. So that 3,000, that over 3,000, probably possibly have reached to more than 4,000 at this point. Either way, ask yourself, if you knew that, if you knowingly knew that, would you actually pay 3,000 for one game? I don't think you will. And if you, again, and if you deny it, if you say you would, you're lying to yourself. And again, confirmation bias, look it up. Because there's no way a person knowingly will look at a game and say, that game's $3,000. I want this. 
even Jay Z and Beyonce will do it. They were stupid enough to buy those damn uh, Apple iWatches with the with the fourteen karat gold, without even realizing they're gonna update this and upgrade these watches. Why are you getting a fourteen karat gold watch? Even they would look at this at this point and were like, "No, I'm not paying three thousand for a game. Are you out of your mind?" Even though they can afford it. <laughs> okay, he didn't get rich by, uh, you know, being that stupid. You know, he he made a mistake himself and just realized like, all right, that was just a stupid flex. This is a stupid flex. You are not paying $3,000. You are not going to tell me. There is no reason why you should flex about paying $3,000 for a damn game, for one game. What are you getting out of it? What, 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 what notoriety are you getting out of it? There's nothing. You're not getting paid. You're not getting laid for even paying a $3,000 on a game. And no, furthermore, you know how much you can... You know how many more games you could get for that? You know how many game consoles you could get for that? Come on, man. Don't be stupid. Do not be stupid. There's no way you're going to be paying 3000 on one game. Nobody. There's not. Even the, even the greatest games of all time, you would not spend 3000 over 3000 on a game. Even if it's, all right, if it's a collector's item, then that's one thing. But either still, like, there's no freaking way you're going to look at a game. Nobody in their right mind would pay it so this is where you got to do critical thinking and use the math and do the math here and shout out to that dude whoever he was or the person whoever they were to do that because it's stuff like that that you need to be aware of that will change the way you think about how you approach video games take note if this was 2020 and you know <laughs> this is like those dlcs oh my god i can't believe and i was told in a particular facebook group that they know that somebody and you got to know that somebody did some it's the same situation like i said with the google stadia when the google stadia came out there were people they were presenting doing a presentation for the google stadia and i'm looking at this thing like okay this is a, a online reliant service that you pay a monthly fee and my red flags were kicking they were waving hard for this one when it came to the google stadia the question the red flag one was okay you're paying this much. You say it's, you don't need a console, but technically you do because your, your Google Chrome or your Google, whatever the hell that device is that goes into the back is yours. That's your game console. So that's, that's lies right there Two, upon paying a monthly fee, other companies like Ubisoft and all those guys, they want you to pay or EA. They wanted you to pay a fee for to play their games within it. So you're paying more than that. So that was another red flag to me. And then three, they never did a live demo. And lo and behold, there were people online trying to flex like they had it like like that and decided to invest in the Google Stadia without even seeing it go live. You don't ever do that. You don't ever do that. That is the dumbest mistake, man. You're stepping in waters. You don't know how polluted it is. Don't because what happened is that people ended up getting this thing. And lo and behold, the Google Stadia flopped. The Google Stadia absolutely flopped at that point. So you never, you never, ever, ever do that, especially for a game console that you don't see how this thing goes, especially one that relies on you to have strong bandwidth. This thing better work and I better see it work. Okay, they didn't show it. You shouldn't check it out. Just like I said, when you think you should not think of yourself as a fan when it comes to games or in any form of entertainment, you need to think of yourself as a consumer. 
That way you can know what to look out for. The issues with the strategy, with the business strategy, I should say, comes in the form of repetitive and recycled DLC that Marvel Avengers has pr provided. Some of the skins they provided were basically the same costume in uh, cl clothing design with different color palettes. Some gamers jumped on it without even thinking about the whole situation. I mean, ask yourself, does it really make sense for you to buy into this while other games with creative suites like WWE 2K series, for instance, allow you to create your own characters with, and change the color scheme of your gear for a much more reasonable price? $100 or $3,000? $100 to have a game where you can create any character you want, create the color scheme of and change the color scheme at your will of your character and, and, and you know, costumes and gear or 3000 for repetitiveness. Think about it. So the original strategy here on top of the DLC, crystal dynamics plan, uh, plan was to only allow you to play the story campaign once. And this is something, this is one of these things that people coming into the game two or three years later, after they released the story campaign for you to replay, they didn't know about crystal dynamics planned for you to only play the story mode once with the focus being on you playing the multiplayer aspect of the game. Once the game is completed. So once the game was completed, once the story campaign was completed, it was locked because their intentions was for you to only play the multiplayer game, the online multiplayer game, play with other people, play with friends and play it your way with different costumes. Because if you play the story mode, you're, you're going to want to keep playing the story mode and not focus on the multiplayer aspect. So they locked the game for you to do it. And when that happened, people were not happy because you're paying most of us paid a hundred bucks on day one and you're playing with the intention of playing an awesome story mode with the likes of you know detroit if you're a fan of troy baker and nolan north you know at best you will be pissed because you're only you play this game the story mode is awesome but you won't be able to play it again and let me tell you this this is not an original concept that square enix or um crystal dynamic team with this was not the first time we experienced this type of strategy as bandai namco i believe was the first to do this at least first to my recollection um, re my recollection i should say they tried to do this with their anime th uh, themed fighter jump force which to this day only allows you to play the story mode once which was the method to have players play against other players online while purchasing cosmetic items for your created character. This did not go well for Bandai and Namco and the only minority, only a minority of people jumped on it. Marvel Avengers seemed to be aiming to do the same strategy until an outcry of fans pleaded and demanded that Square Enix allow them to replay the story campaign. Thankfully, Square uh, Crystal Dynamics listened and announced that they would provide the ability to replay the campaign in their 1.5 patch update on March 18th, 2021, which introduced Hawkeye onto the game along with the story campaign being able to be replayed. 
people don't remember this. There are people rather who don't remember this because again, we live in a short attention society or there are other people who came in after the fact. And those people who came in after a fact will always go on social media and comment. I don't see why people have a big deal about this game. It's because you've been in it. You just got in it like a year or two later. You weren't there when we had to suffer through this in the beginning of the game. Okay. So like, that's the problem. You're coming into a situation, not knowing everything about it. That's why I'm doing this actual episode. Okay. Because, and I'm not only just doing this episode because of Marvel Adventures. I'm doing this episode because this is not the only game that this happened to. This is going to happen again down the line with other games. Again, I mentioned Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. They were planning to do the same type of scheme with that one. And now they're going back to formula to try to redo this game and try to, you know, fix the problems and the complaints that people have about the on the single player being online reliant. In fact, I think they should just change the whole entire thing. It should not be a live service game. We love Rocksteady. We love Rocksteady games. We love the Arkham series. Let's keep it to that format. Stop trying to find a way, find a better way to get to earn our money and not try to do the same thing that Marvel Avengers. And again, because Marvel of Marvel's Avengers and Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix decided to give us everything to me, that exposes the whole entire game. Because now you're looking at it from a different perspective and you're seeing everything that you were granted and you're looking at that like, damn, I would have paid a ton of cash on this. You probably paid a few hundred already in this game uh, already, but not to the length of some people who paid everything. I don't care if you have the money or not. It was it's a bad investment. It is such a bad investment. So I tried to look for the original video announcement on Twitter because that's where I first saw it, where some of the uh, developers and the reps that were doing the uh, war table and announced that, you know, they were going to allow us to play the story campaign now. And I, I remember vaguely they were they, one of the guys saying, we heard your we heard your uh, requests and demands and we're going to give it to you because reality is they weren't intending to. But the, the far cry was so big, the outcry was so big that they couldn't deny it because they felt like if they weren't going to give it, they weren't going to get the money. They weren't going to get, you know, further support of this game by fans. So they they bowed down to do it. And I'm glad they did because I would have been pissed. And, it, and it, let me tell you this. If I'm the actors in this game who spent all the, their, their craft and time to play this game, if I was them, I would be pissed too because I put out a performance a great performance in this game and they are only going to be able to experience it once. I can't speak for those for the cast of of this game, but I'm sorry, I would have been pissed because you put a lot of time doing those lines and like when they do lines, when they're in those single booths, they're not just doing one line, they're doing multiple lines. They're spending like two to three to four hours. If you go go on to any of the interviews that I've done with actors of your favorite anime, or TV or uh, animated series or whatever, they will tell you, they will tell you. And by the way, go to talktimelive.com, our exclusive uh, interview section. And you can also go to our, our uh, media section. I have interviews and I've hosted panels with a lot of actors who will tell you when they're in a single booth, they're doing multiple lines of the same lines for the most part. So every line that they do, they do about two or three. And if I'm putting all that work into it, 
and they trust me these guys i've talked to many of these guys i know a few of these guys they actually they they're artists they care about their craft they want people to see their performances seeing i would be pissed if i only were able to play this uh you know if people were only to play this once so i i you know i i i don't get it i don't understand i get it but like it was a dumb plan so unfortunately that video announcement they took off <laughs> i could not find it i went down to 2021 which was the time when they announced it could not find it couldn't find it on a youtube or anything but we know it is documented on a lot of other um aspects that you know they did release it and they were willing to give us the story mode trust me when i tell you it was not planned that was not their original plan Marvel Avengers improved its development over the course of two years. It seemed like it was too little too late as the game lost millions of dollars as it failed to turn a profit due to its lack of performances and presentation. And it's really sad because you, you know, again, I, without even knowing the figures, Final Fantasy VII Remake made tons of cash. Going down the line, God of War Ragnarok made tons of cash. Horizon Forbidden West made tons of cash i mean like you can name a bunch of these games man despite it being the best-selling game in regions like the u.s and the uk it it uh it first released things just went to the turn for the worse square enix president was less than impressed calling the game a commercial disappointment for the company considering the list of masterpieces the company has launched in their legacy it's hard not to agree especially when it came out in the same year as final fantasy 7 remake and while the game um while the, the game is finally at a state it should have been back in september 2020 the majority of fans gamers called it quits and moved on while the minority of gamers hung on to the very end in hopes that this game would somehow rise like the phoenix and regain or increase the momentum it was struggling to get the failure of marvel's avengers may have also affected another marvel ip that square enix published in the form of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This time developed by Eidos Montreal, which was single it was it was a single action uh single player action adventure game which had player which had players play as Star-Lord guiding the Guardians in some crazy intergalactic adventures through Marvel's cosmic universe. Not only was the game softly announced and shadow dropped, it turned out to be everything Marvel's Avengers was not which was a great thing i trust me if you if you were skeptical about playing marvel's avengers because of his connection to square enix let me tell you this go play that game that game is so awesome the story the gameplay the soundtrack everything it was really sad that it didn't get the credibility that it deserved despite the fact that it actually did get some good praise the game was so great it was really awesome, so much so that it was received with much praise and even went, even won at the Game Awards for Best Narrative, which was being nominated 
uh, for best. It was also being nominated at the Game Awards for best action adventure, best score, uh, and innovation of uh, accessibility. Guardians of the Galaxy won awards from Steam, Dice, uh, Gang, and developer uh, developer awards, which is something Marvel's Avengers never had the honor or pleasure of achieving. Despite the game's critically acclaimed success, both Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal may uh, have suffered a fate of discontinuing their relationship with Square Enix as they decided to sell the two companies. Now, in 2023, we reached the inevitable as Square Enix announced the end of Marvel's uh, Marvel Avengers development. Just last week, March to the Mar Mar I should say March 31st, I should say, uh, the company released the last patch, which unlocked the majority of mar uh, marketplace content that they aimed for selling in the live pace. The patch completely took out the marketplace options, and now the game, it's just a game. Players will have the ability to play online up until September 2023, when they will officially delist the game and the ability to play online. So you will be able to still play the game, just not with the other stuff. And again, if you're listening to this and haven't played Marvel Avengers, again, I say this, this is the time to buy the game. This is the time to play the game more than anything, because you will get everything that people were paying for and buying. This is your, this is your time. You know, when that, that, um, that scene on, uh, X-Men three or X three when Magneto stops all of his crew stops, he stops juggernaut and pyro and all them. And he says, the pawns go first. My friends, we were the pawns. Now you could go in and get the game now that everything now that everything is all set. So now the unfortunate part of this is that we didn't we didn't get a few things that we were uh supposed to have gotten. One, which we discovered uh a while back is that She-Hawk was supposed to be the other character that we were getting, along with the much anticipated Captain Marvel, which actually is a bigger letdown because Captain Marvel and our connection with um with Miss Marvel was an inevitable thing. I feel like personally, oh, and I should add too, at the very, when, when this whole thing started, when they did their first war table, one of the things that they did promise that I think people forgot was the ability to customize the Chimera helicarrier. We were supposed to be able to, at some point of time, have it so we could be able to customize our helicarrier any way that we want. I don't know to what end and how, but that was going to be one of the ideas that it came that never came to fruition either. So what's really sad is like in its core, Marvel Avengers is now a solid and stable game with story campaigns being the only reason to enjoy this game in its totality. Um, I will say, man, it, it's just, in my opinion, this game would have been much better if they would have focused on a story campaign rather than a marketplace content. Cause we would have possibly have gotten She-Hulk. We would have possibly have gotten the Captain Marvel aspect. I would have paid a set price for all of this. I think that they got too greedy because they wanted too much out of this game. They wanted to make too much. Like it's here's the thing. They would have made money anyway, if they would have just had us pay for the extra characters in the game experiences, but they wanted to do this live service thing. And this live service thing is just meant to milk us dry. It is, they would have made money regardless. They just wouldn't have made Uber amounts of money. And God, we stupidly, and I, I don't, I, I don't want to say myself, but I'm saying we, the people, because I don't fall for these things. I've stopped falling for these things when back when uh, mobile gaming was, was a big deal. 
when like the Smurfs Village game first came out and we started realizing how much these in-app purchases and loot crates things were happening. I stopped then because I saw what was going on. You know, I, I took the red pill ages ago. So, but a lot of people don't because a lot of people don't really think about it. Already, you know, ignorance is bliss. But I would have easily played a set price for those characters. Those characters meant nothing to them. That marketplace stuff meant everything to them. And that's what they were hoping. They were hoping on, like I said, the naivete, or should I should be more blunt, the stupidity of their target audience, which really kind of tells you how much what they think of all of us, in a sense, by doing stuff like this. Because they, when they do all of their research and they research their target audience, they also research the ideology of our society. They, the, the, the demographic and the psychographic of us to determine they're not going to care. They're not going to, most of these people don't do math. They're stupid enough to fall for this. They really do think that, and they get the research to prove it. Some of some of these companies get psychologists, they get, you know, so, you know, uh, focus groups to really answer these questions. They, they do a lot of research to determine how much they can get out of fans and what, how they can do eat. Look again, I'm a graphic designer. One of the things that we learned in graphic design and art and design, um, when in college, one of the things that they'll teach you in art and design in college is color theory. Color theory teaches you that certain colors will ignite certain parts of the mind. If you like, I don't, I don't, I don't forget me. I don't, you know, if you're, if you're a female or a person who wears heels, you may know this, like the, the red pumps, I forgot what they, the slittle red pumps that, you know, a lot of women or people, yeah, I can say people cause you know, there's drag, you know, drag queens and you know, transgender community that wear heels as well. If you're a person who wear heels and there's a red pump that is with the color, the color is trademarked. That color is trademarked because they know that that color, their color red attracts men. It is, that is a true fact. Certain colors ignite certain emotions and feelings and thoughts in their head. So these are type of the, this is some of the insight research data that these companies gather. So don't make it, don't, don't, don't be surprised because Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics did their research knowing, and I'll give you another one, WWE. That's another one. They'll get, they'll do the research knowing their fan base, knowing their target audience, knowing that these certain people will not care or won't look at it or will be too lazy to look into all of this. That's how they, that's what they think of their target audience. That's real. And I've worked with some of these people too. So, you know, um, this thing, these things happen, man. So say what you will, but some of the most successful acclaimed games came from the, came from in the form of a single and multiplayer experience that were not relying on live service cash grabs or the need to rely on online connections or connectivity to enjoy a game. And we're talking about you, Rocksteady. Get it in gear in 2004 because we were ready to play this damn Justice League, uh, kill the Justice League game. And you guys are trying to fall for that, you know, come with the same BS. And kudos to every single fan who said, we're not trying to hear it. Kudos to you because we need more of that. Recent games like, you know, recent games like Insomniac, Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, God of War, Ragnarok, Elden Rings, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Metroid Prime Remastered, Legends of Zelda Breath of the Wild, 
in Mario Odyssey, just to name a few, have more than proven that you can have a fantastic game experience without the need to include microtransactions, loot crates, and online connectivity. They've made a ton of cash from all of those games. Each one of those games were critically acclaimed and they made a storm of cash. God of War Ragnarok just hit a record just recently. Elden Rings just hit a record recently. It, you don't have to go this far. You don't have to do all that. Had they focused on a story aspect, we may have gotten She-Hulk and important, more importantly, Captain Marvel. Many wanted to see, especially, you know, because of the tease of Kamala. And we'll not, unfortunately, we will not see that at all. Games should be treated more as a an art form than a means to dream pockets. I've said this many, many times before. I, you know, the artistic integrity of a game matches that of work in an art museum. And if you know art history, then you will know that you will see parallels between video games and other forms of art throughout the test of time. I know this because I did a research paper in college on the historical similarities of art and video game evolution. There it is. There is, if you look back at Pong, which can be compared to the Paleolithic era of art or caveman days, for those who don't understand that, you know, terminology, and you see it go into fruition from, you know, the Nintendo era, which can be said like the, the Egypt, Egyptian era, you go to the Sega Genesis era, which we start to evolve a little bit from there. Then we go to PlayStation, which can be compared to the Greco-Roman era of art, where things start to little bit, look a little bit more realistic. There's, there's a similarity to both. So, I mean, like, we should be treating games like an art. Game developers should be treating games, or I should say, major game developers, uh, major game developers, I should say, because indie developers do get it. A lot of indie game developers, especially the ones that I interview from Way Forward or Yacht Club Games or even somebody as small as the Gentle Brothers or whatnot, you know, when I or Super Giant Games who did um when I Greg Casavan and when I interviewed him, uh, you know, who did Hades. A lot of these guys treat it like an art form. They want to be more creative. They leave these major companies, some a lot of them work from major companies because they don't want to do some of the unethical things that they do. They want to create games for the sake of creating games to create the art of the game because they grew up loving these games. And that's why I really support indie gaming from this point now, you know, especially after talking to these guys personally. So the gaming lesson and takeaway here throughout this whole entire episode. Let's remember, folks, always use critical thinking. And if you don't know what critical thinking is, Google it if you don't know what it is. Always do the math. You have to. It, it, even right now, if, if you're playing Marvel Avengers and you got all that content, just stop. Look at that. Take a picture of it. Just look. There's how many skins for this for Captain America? Do that times 499 times the amount of skins that you have and see how much that comes up. You will your mind will be blown as to how much they were trying to get you to pay for this game for one game. Become a consumer before becoming a gamer or a fan. Yes, we all love this. We all love playing this, but we are adults. Most of us that are buying these games, that are playing these games, we are adults. We need to think of ourselves as adults. We need to be cautious. We need to like put up red flags. 
and say, what am I getting out of this game? And is it worth the price that I'm getting it for? That's why I do the, all these reviews. Again, if you're new to this, I review games every almost every week. I have reviewed last year, like 200, like probably 250 games, <laughs> I believe. Um, I review a lot. I review a lot of games. And then in a lot of cases, I interview some of those people. If I really like the game that much, I reach out to those people and interview them. So another reason why to, you know, hang on here if you are new to this. Um, but it's, and again, it's okay to admit that you made a bad purchase. Everybody does it. It's okay. You know, I remember when um, Marvel, what is it? Marvel versus Capcom Infinite came out. Um, there was the situation where, which uh, admittedly, I didn't, I don't really have a problem to, with the game. I don't think it was the best of these series, but it's definitely not bad. Um, I do feel like there were some things that they could have done better. Absolutely. But what they really could have done better was the DLC bundle pack, which I remember back then there was a deal where you could get like the statues, the Captain Marvel statue. And I believe there's another statue. Plus you get the infinity stones and getting the infinity stones when you look at the advertisement and I would, I don't know if you could do a lawsuit or class action suit for this because it was really false advertisement. So what they did was they made the infinity stones look like they were crystal and they were shining and gold. So there was a lot of filtering and, and graphic design filtering and whatnot in here. A lot of Photoshopping in this thing. But then when you got it, the infinity stones look like those plastic eggs you get from a vendor. The statue, the, the Marvel, the Captain Marvel statue didn't look nothing like the actual things. I would have been pissed. And some people in certain Facebook groups were denying that they got a bad bill. Or some people were just admittedly like, I'm pissed. I, I, I want my money back for this. But there were some people who were just trying to like, dude, you made a bad deal. And it's not your fault. It's their fault. And they should be penalized for that in some form of fashion. But nobody made complaints about it. Nobody said anything. I heard vaguely nothing about this whole thing. You know, it didn't even become a meme. That's how, you know, and this is one of the things, if, if something bad happens, please voice your opinion, because the more you voice it, the more we get what we want for the money that we paid for. We expect a lot of these guys who get paid millions and put in millions to make these things happen. They need to do better. It's okay to say that they need to do better. You need, you deserve to have better because you work your asses off in these, some of these jobs that you work in, some of them crappy jobs that you work in. And the last thing that you want to do, only the real thing that you want to do is at the end of the day is just sit back, relax, and be immersed into a world. And just for a while to recollect, to re, to, you know, rejuvenate your mind. And when it when it's stuff like this happens, it really shouldn't. And you deserve better. And that's it. So let's rethink the pros and cons of live service games and ask yourself: Do you prefer game experiences? with a set price or do you really want to spend that much money on a like a uber amount of money for your entertainment and really think about that let's really end this live service crap let's let's it is only going to end because we stop paying for it so maybe hopefully this will be something for you to think about in the future when future games come out or before when you know when when uh just when uh suicide squad killed justice league come out let's root for that folks that will do it for this special edition of 
select start. Thank you guys very much, especially all the new listeners out there um, that have checked this uh, show out. And I hope you enjoy this. And if you enjoy this and you enjoy every episode that we have, especially if you've been listening to us for uh, quite a while, please feel free to check us out on talktomlive.com where you can find every one of our episodes, our audio episodes like this one, our video exclusive interviews with some of your favorite and uh, your favorite actors, performers, producers, uh, and your favorite fandom. Why I recommend to- checking out the li- uh, the actual Prime show, Talk Time Live. A lot of great things to it. You'll hear some of your favorite um, actors, you know, stop by and every once in a while. The intro produced and done by my good friend, Megaran. If some of you guys know who Megaran is. And uh, he did the my opening intro for me. Kay Murdoch did the production for that. Shout out to him. You'll hear music on all these episodes, including this one from DJ Cutman, another good friend of mine who provides all of the music for this show from Game Chops. So go out of your way to check out Game Chops at GameChops.com, music.gamechops.com, I believe, as well as Megaran.com. Awesome, awesome performers. Love those guys. They always look out for me. You know, we're all Philly, so we we uh, we look out for each other <laughs> in this part. So you always hear that. You always, and you never know who's going to stop by. And especially recently, because just recently I had talked with my good friend Molly Flanagan she's a really good friend of mine you know her as the voice of Naruto but also the uh she also is now in different shows uh including Not Dead Yet which is an ABC hit comedy that has recently come out so she plays a character Tina on there now and you can see her there yes she's not just Naruto all the time she it's one of the only actors that I know that plays both live action and um and animated and then she's also in the new uh, Adult Swim series called uh, Royal Crackers, which came out. So I had a chance to talk, um, just came out on Sunday, three episodes, and it's now on uh, HBO Max. So recently got a chance to talk to her. So go out of your way, check out the audio versions there, the video versions there. If you would like to subscribe and download this and every episode and don't want to miss a beat, you can also go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora. And if you're on Tumblr, we're there too. Just type in Talk Time Live. You can listen to the show there as well. Again, thank you guys for this very special episode. And stay tuned because later this week, I will be reviewing Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza and the, Lo- and the Lost Demon. So uh, Platinum Games, one of my favorite companies. Going to uh, see how that goes. And we'll talk about that and all the news going on in the gaming world. All right, folks, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great day.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.